Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sotopoulos, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 4th of March, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the Eastern. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as they take you through the world of sports. Good Saturday morning out there, everybody. Welcome to March. Spring training hitting full force. Fantasy hockey right into the playoffs or about to get into the playoffs. And March Madness is right around the corner. You get that confluence of all of the sports coming together, the winter sports coming to an end, the spring sports, the summer sports getting started. And it's a great place to be, especially in the Northeast where the winter starts to subside. Of course, winter is uh, hanging on a little more than we'd like, but it's been a warm winter, so not too bad. Not too much with the snow, at least in the New York metro area, a little bit with the biting cold and the wind. But uh, still, we will get going here on a uh, on the first Saturday of March. And with that is the unveiling of our All-Statman team for the month of February. We will do that for Fantasy Hockey. And we will also take you through uh, the upcoming week number 21 in fantasy hockey. Uh, The trade deadline is up. And uh, we are now in the stretch drive to the playoffs in the National Hockey League. And your fantasy playoffs have almost probably been set at this point. So we'll take you through injuries, hot pickups, and uh, uh, also uh, we'll we'll take you through some uh, uh, some of the trade deadline. A very disappointing trade deadline. Not a lot of trades. Not a lot of movement, uh, unless you're Mark Streit. If you're Mark Streit, you move twice in the same day, from Philadelphia to Tampa in the Valtteri Filpula trade, and then Streit moving on from Tampa to Pittsburgh in the same day and comes back into the Metro division and becomes a rival of Philadelphia very, very quickly and scored his first goal last night, uh, in fact, uh, as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he is already on the score sheet and available in medium-sized leagues so that might be a good ad for you for your playoffs. So uh, I don't know if you do a, uh, a roster expansion as we do in our house league, the Puck and Stick Association. So if you do, you might have your supplemental draft and uh, you might be able to pick up an extra player or two to guard against injuries during the fantasy playoffs because we do not have transactions during our fantasy playoffs. We only have activations from injured reserve. We don't have free agent pickups. So that's the last chance to get players. And a player that moves at the deadline who suddenly goes from a bad team to a good team or a mediocre team to a good team, especially on defense, that'll help strikes plus minus. Uh, a player that, that moves otherwise, uh, a goaltender maybe gets an opportunity because a goaltender gets moved. Ben Bishop moves to L.A. for Peter Budai. And now Andre Vasilyevsky becomes the number one goaltender and Budai suddenly becomes a backup. So if you have Budai, not a great situation. If you have Bishop, kind of the same situation. Maybe he gets uh, weaker opponents. Um, to play against with Jonathan Quick coming back and getting the better opponents being the number one goaltender, or they may want to bring Quick back slowly and Bishop gets a little more playing time. But if you're uh, a Peter Budai owner, as I am, that was unfortunate because he goes from being the number one in L.A. With Quick coming back, he was going to be the number two anyway, but now going to Tampa, a worse team, uh, he is probably going to be the number two in Tampa with Vasilyevsky, the young prospect, being the number one goaltender. So, you know, the trade deadline does have some uh, uh, some changes and, and some, some up-and-down value for your players, uh, so we'll try and go through that. All right, and also, of course, our fantasy baseball preview continues. 
And we'll get to that around the bottom of the hour with our look at second base and shortstop. Uh, a lot of uh, good second basemen towards the top of the list. And uh, with shortstops, you have some great shortstops at the top. And then everything else is pretty much uh, up in the air. Now, you're not quite sure what you're going to get with the second season of uh, a couple of these players. Um, guys like Olivnis Diaz, guys like Trevor Story. Um, and and we'll, we'll try and uh, uh, go through some of that. Uh, as well. So we have a lot to get to, uh, and we will review our uh, uh, our rankings for first base and third base as well, so stay tuned for all that at the bottom of the hour. We're on with you usually on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. Next week we'll be on with you uh, early on uh, Sunday, uh, the 12th of March. We'll be on with you at probably an earlier time than 10 o'clock, but we will be with you and uh, and make sure you check your local listings on blogtalkradio.com slash the dash statman. That's the only place you can listen live. And you can also see the schedule for upcoming shows right there. You can download the podcast through iTunes onto your, uh, onto your iOS device. You can also, or your laptop, you can also uh, download the entire 45 minute podcast on Stitcher, the smart radio app. You can listen through your speakers. If you have Apple CarPlay in your automobile And uh, with Stitcher, you can add us to your playlist, give us a thumbs up, take it on the go with you, take it uh, to a workout or while you work, uh, it is there for you. And also, you can listen to the latest audio. You can get there uh, from Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sportswiththestatman. Like us on Facebook. Come in, say hello. And if you have any fantasy questions or pro opinions, you can always reach me there or on Twitter, at gstatman. That's at g as in George, S-T-A-T-M-A-N. And the website is statmansportsonline.com. That's statmansportsonline.com. Dot com. All right, it is this week in fantasy sports. We are get, looking back at week number 20 in fantasy hockey. And to do that, we look at the forwards, and we look at them first, as we do every week. Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning was the best fantasy forward over the last seven days, looking back at February 25th through March 3rd. And he had 31.5 points, five goals, three assists, and three games, four penalty minutes, four power play goals out of those five goals. Tampa Bay hot on the power play, and they uh, and, and Kucherov ends up becoming the first, the top fantasy forward in hockey. Philip Berg was number two, four goals, three assists, and four games of plus two. Uh, he had 27 points. Forsberg, after really breaking out last year and uh, being one of those notorious trades that, that uh, a team wants to take back, while well, the Washington Capitals, they're good anyway. Uh, he, actually, Forsberg's breakout was two years ago. He had 26 goals. Last year, 33. This year, he's on pace for about the same. He has 23 goals, 23 assists, and 64 games. And uh, looking for his – he already has his third straight 25-goal season at the ripe old age of 22. Alex Galchenyuk, third. Montreal Canadian centerman, three goals, two assists, and four games, a plus two, two power play goals. He had 24.5 points. And tied for fourth, the top local, Patrice Bergeron, and Patrick Kane of the Blackhawks, Bergeron, two goals, three assists, and a plus six in three games. He had 23 points. Kane, four goals, a single assist, a plus four, three games for him as well, 23 fantasy points. Technically, Kane had the better week. Uh, he had more goals. Bergeron uh, had the same amount of points and a better plus minus, but uh, very tight for fourth place. Brad Marchand, just outside the top five with 22 fantasy points. On defense, David Savard of the Columbus Blue Jackets, available in a lot of leagues, and he had the best week of any fantasy defenseman. A goal and three assists, a plus nine in four games, mainly thanks to the New York Islanders. That 7 nothing win last Saturday netted him a goal, two assists, and a plus five, which is just for that, that's a 22-point night. 
and then followed it up the next night with a plus three and an assist in a win at the Garden against the Rangers. So David Savard made his bones against New York area teams, and he had 33 fantasy points to show for it this past week. Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators, two goals, four assists, a plus two. He uh, had six points in four games, a solid week for him, a power play goal and an even strength goal. He had 30 fantasy points. T.J. Brody of the, of the Calgary Flames, goal and three assists, plus four in three games. He had 26.5 points. Ryan Ellis of the Nashville Predators, day-to-day with a lower body injury, but in four games this week, two goals, two assists, and plus three. Both those goals with the man advantage. And for Ryan Ellis, that gives him a total of 11 goals on the season, surpassing his career high of 10 set last season. 26-year-old rear guard with two goals in the past week. He had 24.5 fantasy points. And Jack Johnson of Columbus, making it two Blue Jackets in the top five. He was a plus eight, had a goal in four games, and he had 22 fantasy points. Just outside the top five, Duncan Keith, John Klingberg, Victor Hedman, Brent Burns, all in the top ten. A solid week for those guys, but a top five of guys that, uh, besides maybe Yossi, you don't expect to see on this list very often. Goaltenders, uh, Carey Price, the top man, 3-0, and perfect week, a shutout, three goals allowed in the other two games, .98 goals against, 965 save percentage, and he had 28.4 fantasy points. Nearly getting him and only doing it in two games, Steve Mason, only a couple points behind Price. He was 2-0 and with a shutout, allowed one goal in the other game, .48 goals against, 986 save percentage, and he had 26.8 fantasy points. Steve Mason, of course, with Michael Neuberth as his 1-1A. Neuberth, they're talking extension with him. Mason signed to a long-term deal. So one of them is going to be exposed in the expansion draft, and that player may be taken because they're both playing pretty well. But Mason is on the hot streak. He had 26.8 points, and he is our number two star for goaltenders. Sergei Bobrovsky, just behind him, former Flyers netminder, 2-0 in three games, a shutout, .98 goals against average, 969 save percentage, saved 95 of 98, and he had 26 fantasy points. Rounding out the top five, Brian Elliott of Calgary, a perfect 3-0, 1-2-9 goals against, saved 97 of 101 for 960 save percentage. He had 24.4 points. And Braden Holtby of the Capitals, 2-0, and a shutout in his two games, allowed one goal in his other start, .50 goals against, 978 save percentage. He had a 19.8-point week in week number 20. And the top local, of course, Steve Mason. For enforcers, players who fill up the penalty box and the score sheet, we have some really good ones this week. Uh, but the top man, and, and of course our, our criteria, is at least two points, uh, goals, assists, whatever, and at least five penalty minutes. And Colin Miller, defenseman for the Boston Bruins, is our enforcer of the week. A goal and assist, a plus two, and 17 minutes in penalties in two games. He had 20 and a half fantasy points. But right there with him, Mike Fisher of Nashville, two goals and an assist, seven penalty minutes. He only finished a half a point behind with 20 enforcer points. Uh, but you also had Gabriel Landeskog, two goals and assist, seven minutes in penalties. You had Jamie Benn, two, two, and four with five penalty minutes. And uh, David Backus, goal and assist, a plus five and seven penalty minutes. Milan Lucic, two goals and seven penalty minutes as well. Um, so quite a few, um, quite a few guys to uh, to qualify for this one. And uh, but we do give it to Colin Miller of the Bruins. So let's take a quick look at uh, our uh, power play and penalty kill numbers. As um, the power play, uh, let's take a look at those first. Tampa Bay and Toronto both at twenty two point nine percent on the man advantage buffalo third at 22.8 pittsburgh at 22.2 minnesota 22.1 washington in sixth place at 22 so within one percentage point you have the top six uh, teams in the national hockey league 
What separates the top from the bottom? Washington Capitals have given up the fewest amount of shorthanded goals with two, Minnesota and Buffalo, then with three out of those top six. Uh, in that next group, between 22%, 21.9 and 21, you have another five teams, St. Louis, Columbus, Edmonton, Philly, and Montreal coming in in 11th place. Dallas Stars with 10 shorthanded goals allowed. That is worst in the league. The best, the Columbus Blue Jackets, have only allowed one shorthanded goal all season long, and they are eighth, tied for eighth with Edmonton with 21.5% with the man advantage. On the penalty kill, you've had Carolina leading most of the year. They are now down to third place. Boston is first with 86%, and they've scored eight shorthanded goals for the season, which is a tie for the best with Calgary, Nashville, and the New York Rangers. But Boston has the best penalty kill out of those guys, so they are the penalty-killing unit to own if you do own, if you have that in your scoring system. But Boston's at 86%. Florida right behind them at 85.9. Carolina dips to third at 85.3. The LA Kings at 84.9. The Ducks are at 84.8. Washington on the top 10 in both lists at 84.4. So is Minnesota, 84 even. So is St. Louis at 83.9. Toronto's penalty kill now has risen to ninth. And that uh, is with their top-rated penalty or their top-rated power play. Tampa, or the Toronto Maple Leafs, 83.3, and Columbus rounding out the top 10 at 82.6. Overall, 20 of the 30 teams are clicking at an 80% penalty kill rate or better. Uh, in terms of the power play, 20% or better. That is a total of 12 teams, with Nashville being the last one of the group at 20.9%. So that is a look at the specialty teams. If you have that in your fantasy league, that is a good breakdown for you. Before we get to injuries and hot pickups for Week 21, we're going to do our fantasy focus segment now, and we're going to take a look at uh, the uh, best of February, our all-statman team, which we uh, look at the top lineup, uh, four forwards, or I'm sorry, four lines of forwards, three pairs of defensemen, and two goaltenders, and our enforcer of the month as well. We're going to take a look at all of that uh, now in our all-statman team segment for, uh, for fantasy focus. And we start with a look at the forwards, and the top-rated forward, Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators, as we mentioned, he has 26 goals in the season, 11 goals in the past month in 13 games, six assists for 17 points, a plus four, eight penalty minutes, and a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and nine at even strength. He had 57.5 fantasy points, and he's our first-line left winger. At center, Jonathan Taves, finishing a half a point behind Forsberg for the top, uh, top spot among forwards, but still first-line centerman, 7, 11, and 18 in only 10 games, a plus nine, two penalty minutes, two power play goals, and he had 67 fantasy points. On right wing, his teammate, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks, nine goals, seven assists, and a plus six, 62 fantasy points for him. He had three goals on the power play out of his nine. For the season, Patrick Kane is having a, a, a solid year, more than a point a game, not as good as last year where he had 106 points in 82 games. He is on pace for only 86. That is not too shabby. 68 points for the year, though, 27 goals, 41 assists for Patrick Kane, and he is the first-line right winger. Second-line centerman Michael Grandland of the Minnesota Wild. Boy, is he having a breakout season. In 12 games, nine goals, seven assists, a plus three in 12 games, 63 fantasy points now with 21 goals, and 38 assists. Those are both career highs and a plus 29, which is way beyond what he's done in his career. Even more impressive, he's going to get Lady Bing consideration. Six penalty minutes in 62 games for Michael Grandlin, 25-year-old centerman, and he is our second-line center on the All-Statman team in the month of February. Victor Arvidsson of the Nashville Predators, another breakout star on the second-line left wing. Nine goals, six assists for 15 points in 13 games. Six penalty minutes, two power play goals, a shorthanded goal. He was a plus two, and he... Uh, 
had uh, 58 fantasy points. He is a second line left winger. On the right wing, on the second line, our top forward from last week, uh, Nikita Kucherov. Seven goals, seven assists, and a plus five. Six penalty minutes in only 10 games. He had four power play goals and 51 and a half fantasy points. So that is the second line. You have Arvidsson on the left, Grandlin at center, Kucherov on the right wing. Now, third line centerman, Austin Matthews, probable Calder Trophy winner, eight goals and eight assists for 16 points in 14 games. You know, Patrick Line has had more hat tricks maybe. Uh, I don't even know if that's true, but Matthews has been putting it together all season long. 31 goals, 24 assists for 55 points. And uh, he is on pace to get really close to 40 goals for the season. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, but 54 fantasy points, third-line centerman on the All-Stat Man team in February. On the left wing, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins, seven goals, eight assists, a plus 10 in 10 games, 12 penalty minutes, two power play goals. He had 54 fantasy points. And by this scoring system, the penalty minutes hurt him. So he might have been better than Victor Arvidsson if uh, he would have been right there anyway if it wasn't for those penalty minutes. Uh, but he is the third-line left winger. On the right wing, Patrick Lina, the aforementioned Lina, on a line with Matthews uh, in the all-stat man team. Third-line right winger, eight goals, seven assists, plus one in 11 games, six penalty minutes. He had 47 fantasy points. And his numbers for the year, he's right there with Matthews, 31 goals, 25 assists. He has one more point than Matthews. Lina is a plus nine. Uh, and Matthews for the year is a plus four. But he's had more shots on goal. Matthews has had 227 compared to Lina, who's had 157. So the shooting percentage is off the charts for Lina. He is uh, at about 20% for the year, 31 goals on 157 shots. Uh, but he is having, they're both having fantastic seasons. So I, I wouldn't say Matthews has won the Calder yet. This could go down to the wire, and you could be looking at uh, a point per game rookie uh, scoring 40 goals as your Calder Trophy winner. Uh, what a great season for the number one and number two picks in the draft. The uh, scouts were correct right on on both of those counts. Uh, in terms of the uh, fourth line, let's give you the fourth line. Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals, not a bad, not a bad fourth line centerman. 51 fantasy points for him in 12 games, 6, 10, and 16, a plus five, six penalty minutes, two power play goals for him, and he will anchor the fourth line. Uh, just beating out Pat, uh, Patrice Bergeron, uh, who should get an honorable mention, only one point behind Backstrom in two fewer games. He was a plus eight and had 15 points, four goals, and 11 assists, but he does not make the all-statman team. Jamie Benn does. Fourth line left winger, seven goals, nine assists, 14 penalty minutes in 12 games, and a power play goal. He had 49 and a half fantasy points. And finally, on the right wing, David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins, six goals, eight assists in 10 games, a minus three, but three power play goals, uh, two penalty minutes. He had 45 fantasy points. So honorable mentions for Bergeron and also Alexander Barkov, who had a solid week as he's just come back from injury. 11 games, 11 points, seven goals, four assists, 45 and a half fantasy points for him. And uh, so that is the forward group for the All-Statman team. Let's take a look at the top three pairings. Roman Yossi and Brent Burns at the top pairing. Yossi, 16 points in 12 games, six goals and 10 assists. The six goals tied with his uh, uh, partner on the defense here in the All-Statman team, Brent Burns, for the most among defensemen in February. And six goals for Yossi, a plus two, four power play goals. And he had 72 fantasy points. Brent Burns, 6, 7, and 13 in 11 games, a plus 8, 8 penalty minutes, one power play goal, 5 at even strength. He had 68 and a half fantasy points. On the second pairing, Eric Carlson, who you expect to see on this list, 14 points in 13 games, two goals, 12 assists, a plus 3. He had 68 fantasy points. Jake Gardner, though, that's not a guy you expect to see. Gardner for the, for the Maple Leafs, three goals, six assists, and a plus 10 
What a month for Jake Gardner in 14 games. He had 55 and a half fantasy. On the third pairing, you have Chris Letang and P.K. Subban. Between the two of them, they have two goals, but 21 assists. Letang won 10 and 11 in 10 games, a plus five. And Subban won 11 and 12 in 13 games, both of them with double digits and penalty minutes. Letang with 10 in 10 games, Subban with 17 in 13 games, and an emotional return to Montreal. Letang 52.5 fantasy points, Subban 50, and those are your top six. Very close is Alex Goligoski and uh, Oscar Clefbaum, who are only 2.5 points behind Subban for that last spot. Goaltenders, the top two goaltenders, Robin Leonard, the Buffalo Sabres, was the best fantasy goaltender in the month of February. Let that sink in. Better than Holtby, better than, uh, uh, better than Matt Murray, better than Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, Leonard, 5-5, five and five, though, but his numbers, he, uh, he made more saves than anybody else. He had 417 saves, 80 better than anybody. And in our scoring system, that's 16 points just by itself. Uh, Leonard had two shutouts in 12 games, a 2.58 goals against, a 9.31 save percentage. His 12 games played were also the most among goaltenders. He got a lot of work, and he had 65.4 fantasy points. Henrik Lundqvist was the backup, 7-3 in 11 games, a 2.32 goals against, a 9.28 save percentage. And our enforcer of the month, uh, let's, let's see who, uh, who shows up on this list. Uh, we're going to give it to... Uh, we're going to give it to Jamie Bent. Seven goals, nine assists, for, uh, uh, and 14 penalty minutes. So with the penalty minutes as positives, uh, he is at 69.5 fantasy points. Brad Marchand on that list, too. Uh, he had 12 penalty minutes. Uh, Ryan Johansson had 20 and two goals and 11 assists. And uh, Nino Niederreiter, 5-5-10 five, five, with 27 minutes in penalties. Uh, those are some guys who uh, would make the list. Ben and Marchand made the list as, uh, as regular all Statman nominees. So uh, Ryan Johansson might get it with his 20 minutes and penalties in 13 games um, if, uh, if we're calling out a different name. So let's do that. Ryan Johansson of Nashville, let's give him the enforcer of the month. Moving on to week 21, and we have some injuries and hot pickups to tell you about. And then, of course, after the bottom of the hour, we're going to get to our fantasy baseball preview. We're going to look at the keystone positions, the middle infielders, second base and shortstop. And we'll also take you through uh, a review of our first base and third base rankings from last week. You can listen to that show as well as a bunch of others on our Blog Talk Radio page, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. That's T-H-E-statman. We're coming up on our eighth anniversary next month. April 5th, 2009 was our first show. We're up to show number 723. And now we are a once-a-week program on Saturday mornings, usually on Saturday mornings, for This Week in Fantasy Sports, where we cover – the best, the, be- the past, and the future of fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and fantasy hockey. And, of course, fantasy hockey taking center stage for at least another month, and then we can uh, settle into baseball for the spring and the summer, and we hope you stay with us usually on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. You can listen to the full 45-minute podcast, which is the 30-minute live feed you're listening to now, as well as a 15-minute podcast-only version by going to iTunes, Stitcher, the smart radio app, and you can listen to audio uh, right there on the Block Talk Radio show page, as well as Facebook and Twitter. We link to those uh, those episodes right there. Go to Facebook.com slash Sports with the Statman. Like us on Facebook and ask me your fantasy uh, questions, as well as your uh, give me your pro opinions. Start the conversation. Join the conversation either on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm at G Statman. That's G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. And the website is StatmanSportsOnline.com. Looking into week 21, as we are into March now, 
Uh, let's take a look at the injuries. Not a lot of new injuries. Jimmy Howard continues to be out with a knee injury. Uh, he is conditioning now in Grand Rapids. He's going to play two games, his first one tonight and the second one Tuesday. If things go well, uh, the, uh, the Wings will bring him up. They are in last place in the conference. So this is a uh, uh, really pretty much the, the season is just about done for, for Detroit. I mean, they're not out of it. Actually, Carolina is now in the bottom spot because Detroit won last night in Calgary. Or they, I'm sorry, they lost last night in Calgary. Um, but Detroit's at six, Carolina's at 60. They're 10 points out of a playoff spot behind the Islanders, who have the last wild card right now at 71 points uh, with 20 to go. They're not out of it. But uh, Howard is uh, uh, probably going to come back and get some playing time. But Peter Morazic has uh, uh, has kind of been named the uh, the, the number one goalie uh, for now. John Gibson still out. Um, Jonathan Bernier started against his old team in Toronto uh, or in Anaheim against Toronto last night and won. Uh, but Gibson with a lower body injury, uh, really no timetable for his return. He's 23 and 15 on the season with a 9.22 save percentage. Uh, players uh, also uh, speaking of goaltenders, Jacob Markstrom in deep leagues, lower body IR for him. Ryan Miller wasn't moved at the deadline. So he is still in Vancouver and is picking up the starts at this point. Um, and so that is your look at, uh, at goaltenders looking at uh, other positions uh, for IR in deep leagues, Brian Rust with an arm injury uh, looking to, uh, he is skating now. He was put on IR on the 14th of February. His last game was February 9th and uh, looking to be back in uh, a week or so for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Pavel Zaka has a concussion for the Devils, uh, suffered it against Ottawa on the 21st of February, and uh, he has missed uh, a few games now, um, and they are playing back-to-backs today and tomorrow. They have uh, a total of uh, four games in the next six days as they uh, embark on a road trip. Uh, on the 7th in Columbus before going to Colorado and Arizona. So you'll see if he travels with the team, the intention is that he will play. He's day-to-day, but he's missed a few in a row. Uh, and Zaka available in four-fifths of CBSSports.com league, so I would call that a deep league consideration. Nicholas Sharbosen for Chicago, upper body, looking to come back, but placed on IR last Tuesday. Or actually, uh, placed on IR, uh, yes, uh, that is true, last Tuesday, uh, officially, but he hasn't played since February the 23rd. Dan Girardi with an ankle injury, looking to come back in a week. Benoit Pouliot, undisclosed, looking to come back any day now. And those are the IR moves. Players who are out for any length of time. Michael Camilleri is week-to-week with an upper body injury, as he has had a tough season in New Jersey. Ten goals, 20 assists for him, a uh, player that uh, uh, has scored more than 20 on uh, – uh, seven occasions in his career, and he scored uh, 27 as, as recently as two years ago. Uh, he's having a real bad or a real tough year, 30 points in 55 games, but he is week to week. And uh, uh, for some reason, he's still owned in 57% of CBSSports.com leagues. There are much better options out there. Antoine Roussel, especially in leagues that count penalty minutes as a positive, he's going to miss six to eight weeks. That, that probably means he's done for the year, uh, and he's had a good year. 12 goals, 15 assists for him, and 115 penalty minutes. That's his game. He scored in double figures in goals and assists the last three years, between 10 and 20 assists and 10 and 20 goals each year, and 100 or more penalty minutes every year. That is his game. And he uh, did it very well this year, 
on fewer sh- uh, fewer shots on goal than at any point in his uh, last four years. I'm sorry, yeah, in, in, including this year, his last four years. Um, but uh, this uh, will probably end his season with that hand injury. Roberto Luongo out with a lower body. Uh, so he is uh, um, uh, he is out and not sure quite when because he was uh, hurt Thursday night against the Flyers. And uh, he uh, uh, he had a save late in the first, and he kind of landed awkwardly. So not sure what would happen there. But Florida, of course, in the playoff hunt, just getting Barkov back, Huberdeau back uh, a few weeks ago. Then they uh, uh, they they add at the deadline, and uh, they are uh, now going to be without uh, Roberto Luongo. Uh, not sure how long he will be out. In terms of uh, um, who the backup is in Florida. Let's take a, let's take a quick look at the depth charts to tell you that uh, Florida will probably be James Reimer uh, and Rito Berra is now called up to, uh, to back up uh, uh, Reimer. So that is not playoff goaltending, but we'll see what happens with Florida and see how long the goes out. Uh, Jason Palmanville and Zach Parisi have the mumps in Minnesota. There's a mumps outbreak that was in Vancouver. Now it's going through the Minnesota wild and suspensions for Brandon Manning, a two-gamer, for his hit on Jake Gunsel in the outdoor game at Heinz Field. Antoine Vermette still out for slashing a linesman. And uh, Gustav Nyquist for high-sticking Jared Spurgeon. He's still out on suspension. And um, uh, those are still going on. So that is a look at injuries. Hot pickups. Let's give you that real quick before we move on to fantasy baseball as our live feed is about to cut out in a few seconds. Thanks so much for joining us live. If you did today and start your Saturday morning, started your Saturday morning with us on this week in fantasy sports. We'll be on with you next weekend, most likely Sunday morning, earlier than 10 a.m. Uh, and check your local listings on blogtopradio.com slash the dash statman for details and also to listen live. Now onto the podcast only version. Hot pickups for Fantasy Hockey Week 21 and then our Fantasy Baseball Preview. We're going to look at second baseman and shortstops today. Uh, but looking at our hot pickups, let's give it to you position by position. Uh, Richard Panic is starting to play well again. Boy, is he streaky. But he's on a very good team, and he's, uh, you put the numbers together, it looks great. 17 goals, 17 assists, and a plus 10. He's never had more than 11 goals before, and he's never been higher than a plus 4. Uh, so he is getting a lot of playing time. He's, he's uh, on a top line, top six role, and he's available in medium-sized leagues. And why would you pick him up now when he's so streaky? Well, he gives you a great option, and he, is, uh, he has scored at least a point. He's been held pointless. Well, he didn't get a point last night against the Islanders in a 2-1 shootout victory, so he could have only collaborated on one goal. He didn't. But before that game, uh, he has been on a seven-game point streak uh, with a total of 10 points in those seven games, and also a plus eight, or a plus nine, I should say, in those 10 games, because he was on the ice for that uh, that plus one last night. Uh, two goals in the game against Edmonton, a goal and an assist in a game against Minnesota. Uh, so he has done very well getting some uh, getting some points and available in medium-sized leagues. Tanner Pearson also available in medium-sized leagues. He has 22 goals and 18 assists. Uh, he's had a goal in three straight, three assists the game before that, so six points in his last four. And uh, he has played extremely well on that 70s line with Jeff Carter. Uh, and he's available in medium-sized leagues at 46%, going up to 56%, so get him now. Uh, in terms of shallow leagues, uh, Michael Backlund of the Calgary Flames, 20 goals, 26 assists. 
and uh, he has scored uh, at least a point in five of his last six games, had a goal last night against Detroit, uh, and uh, five goals in that span, two assists in those past uh, six games for Michael Backlund. Uh, and Calgary, of course, not playing uh, all that well this year, but uh, Backlund is probably one of the uh, one of the better fantasy options right there with Johnny Goudreau uh, among forwards in Calgary and available in about two-fifths of uh, fantasy sports leagues, cbs.com's fantasy sports leagues anyway, and uh, a shallow league ad. Also, Connor Sheary, a shallow league ad, he, is, he has just come back from IR uh, after missing about a month. Uh, he, uh, he is back now and played against uh, Tampa last night. Got about 13 and a half minutes of play. So Shiri is, uh, um, uh, is, is moving and, and back in the lineup for a good Pittsburgh team and available in, uh, in shallow leagues. Now on to a couple of deep league ads. Uh, Alex Burroughs was moved from uh, Vancouver to Ottawa. They are in a playoff race, and he scored two goals in his debut for Ottawa against Colorado. Had uh, uh, both goals in that one. So Burroughs, of course, a guy that uh, is a little more valuable in leagues that add penalty minutes as a plus in scoring. He has 11 goals, 11 assists this year in 53 penalty minutes in 56 games. Uh, but he is a, a former 20-goal scorer for four straight years between 08 and the 2011-2012 season. Uh, so a little removed from that, but he might be able to give Ottawa a spark in their playoff push. Also, Matthew Perot in Winnipeg, um, seven goals and 20 assists, but he is on a six-game point streak uh, with a total of uh, 10 points in those six games, and he's also a plus seven. Uh, he's been known as uh, a, a solid uh, under-the-radar under the fringe type of fantasy player, uh, but he is doing a lot of his scoring right now and available in uh, 90% of CBSSports.com league. So those are some good options among forwards. Uh, among defensemen, uh, Mark Streit, is uh, is the flavor of the month. He's available in medium-sized leagues. We mentioned how he was traded twice in one day. Uh, and um, he had a goal, his first goal as a Penguin, uh, added an assist as well last night against Tampa. Uh, they play again today, a 5 o'clock game at home at uh, Wells Fargo against the Buffalo, or I'm not Wells Fargo, I'm sorry, uh, the Console Energy Center against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, uh, he is available in medium-sized leagues. Another medium-sized ad, David Savard. We mentioned how he was the top fantasy player uh, for the past week, thanks to a three-point night, a plus five against the Islanders, and an assist and a plus three against the Rangers. Uh, but um, he is a, uh, could be a little streaky, but Columbus, a solid team, uh, definitely good for the plus-minus for the year. He's a plus 23. He has three goals and 14 assists. Also, in deep leagues, Ron Hainsey comes to Pittsburgh, as well as Mark Streit. Uh, four goals, 11 assists for him, uh, and a minus 13. But that, all that was uh, uh, was with Carolina, so he should his plus-minus will definitely improve. In shallow leagues, Jake Gardner, Oscar Clefbaum, Brady Shea as well. And uh, uh, that, uh, that's a good look at defensemen. Let's take a look at goaltenders very quickly. Andre Vasilyevsky in shallow leagues, now with Ben Bishop out of town. Peter Budai, who has been a backup for the most of his career uh, in Colorado, in Montreal. Uh, now he is a backup in Tampa, as Vasilyevsky will take most of the starts. James Reimer, we just mentioned Roberto Luongo being out with an injury. Reimer's available in medium-sized leagues. And in deep leagues, Jonathan Bernier, 18% of CBSSports.com leagues. That's going to rise to 22% next week. Bernier is uh, playing for an injured John Gibson. Uh, so that is, uh, that is interesting. And because Edmonton did not get uh, an improvement in their goaltending, Cam Talbot is the main man 
but Laurent Brossois is in Edmonton and uh, still in Edmonton now that they did not make a move for, say, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, as a backup, maybe uh, late, late in the uh, season, they may want to give Talbot a little rest, get him refreshed for the playoffs. Brossois might be able to get you uh, some fantasy points there. So those are some hot pickups in week number 21. All right, let's move to our fantasy baseball coverage, our preview, our Statman fantasy baseball preview for the 2017 season. We started a couple of weeks ago looking at catchers last week with first base and third base. So this week we're going to complete the uh, the infield with a look at the keystone positions, second base and shortstop. Second base, of course, has a little more uh, depth and uh, really some, some, uh, some interesting picks, guys that you always expect to be at the top are not so much uh, – they're, they're passed by a couple of other uh, players. So we will, we will take you through all of that. And, um, uh, but first, let's, let's get to our uh, original uh, – or review our pass picks at first and at third. So let's start at first base uh, where we had uh, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Votto, Paul Goldschmidt and Miguel Cabrera as the top players in that top tier, one through four. Freddie Freeman at five, Jose Abreu at six. Of course, the story's about Abreu in the last week with him swallowing his passport. And people are willing to do uh, just about anything, obviously, to, uh, uh, to get into the major leagues. And swallowing your passport, that's got to be one of the most interesting stories. Adrian Gonzalez at number seven. Hanley Ramirez at eight. Will Myers. The San Diego first baseman at number nine. Edwin Encarnacion, the new Cleveland Indian, playing uh, first, will also DH. He's at 10. Carlos Santana will probably DH on the days Encarnacion plays first and vice versa. He's at 11. Brandon Belt at 12. Eric Hosmer, uh, the Kansas City first baseman at 13. Albert Pujols still hanging in the top 20 at number 14. C.J. Crow and his teammate at number 15. Chris Davis at 16. Low average, big power. Uh, Mike Napoli, now of the Rangers, at 17. Matt Adams at 18. I call him a sleeper. Uh, Tommy Joseph at 19, and Justin Bohr of the Miami Marlins at number 20. Another sleeper for Josh Bell in Berg if he gets the playing time. Uh, third baseman, let's take a look at, uh, uh, at our rankings at third. Nolan Arenado at number one. Josh Donaldson at number two, and he's banged up, so that, um, uh, you know, that, that ranking is where I see him right now. Chris Bryant at number three. You could uh, mix and match any of those top three right there. Manny Machado at number four. He also gets the bump up for shortstop eligibility, so you can include him in that top tier. Adrian Beltre at number five, still a very tremendously uh, productive player is Beltre at third base. Justin Turner at number six. He stays with the Dodgers. Jose Ramirez breakout last year, and uh, right there in that next tier, uh, with Matt Carpenter, Kyle Seeger, and Michael Franco, seven through ten, um, but Ramirez is uh, in that group, so I put him at number seven. Carpenter at number eight, multi-positional eligibility for him as well. Seeger at nine, and Franco at ten. Anthony Rendon at number 11. If he can stay healthy, he might bump up the list. Evan Longoria is uh, at number 12 and, and kind of falling a bit. Martin Prado at 13. Todd Frazier had a uh, low-average, high-power season at number 14. And uh, Eduardo Nunez, I have him dropping. Uh, at uh, well, he wasn't at, at 15 last year. He was lower, uh, but with his breakout season, uh, I think it was a flash in the pan. So I, I picked him to go down to number 15. Mike Mustakas at 16, coming back from injury. Young Ho Gong, some off the field stuff for him at number 17. Jan Hervis Solarte at 18. Ryan Healy of Oakland, I have him as, as a sleeper, and at number 19. And Nick Castellanos, who had a solid season last year before he got hurt, at number 20. 
Uh, Hernan Perez, I have him as a downside uh, uh, drop candidate uh, for, uh, uh, for his numbers. Uh, and Yulieski Guriel, I know people talked a lot about him before he was signed by the Astros, but he is definitely a sleeper candidate. Of course, they have to figure out what they're going to do in their infield because they have, uh, uh, they have such talent around the diamond, the Guriel uh, figures in that, uh, in that situation in Houston. Uh, so that's a look at first and third. Now let's take a look at second and short. Uh, I have Jose Altuve as the number one, and he is a top player on any fantasy team, any position. He is uh, right up there. Second base has traditionally been a thin offensive position, but Altuve has brought uh, has always brought the speed and batting average, but he's adding power now. Uh, if you look at uh, what Altuve has done uh, this, uh, this past year, uh, he was uh, – uh, at 24 home runs and 96 RBIs, add to that 30 stolen bases and a 338 batting average, an OPS of 927. And he, uh, from a fantasy perspective, in our scoring system, he was 72 better than anybody else at second base. So he dominates the position and a solid position that's really had some new, uh, some good players over the uh, over the past couple of years. But Altuve has a potential to go 30-30. Uh, he is uh, he is still young enough and he's a pint-sized guy, but boy. He can uh, lift it over those Crawford boxes in the left in Houston, and he is the number one, uh, number one second baseman and by far. At number two, I have Robinson Cano, uh, and uh, he had a, a solid year last year. A lot of people, of course, have maligned him since he came to Seattle on that huge contract. He'll never be what he was with the Yankees. Well, look at his numbers last year. 298, 39 homers, and 103 RBIs. What a season for Robinson Cano an OPS of 8.83, and I have him as a number two second baseman. Daniel Murphy, he's going to get some uh, some first base eligibility as well this year. Uh, I think he already had it from last year, but Daniel Murphy, 3.46 batting average, 25 homers, 104 RBIs last year. I have him as a number three second baseman. Jason Kipnis at number four. Uh, I think he's uh, you know he's kind of always been around in the top ten, but he had a really solid season last year. And Rugned Odor is a guy who might bust into the top three. You look at what his numbers are. He doesn't walk. I understand that. 19 walks for the year, 135 strikeouts, but 33 homers, 88 RBIs. He, you know, you look at the second baseman in terms of power, and, and this, is, this is something that you don't normally see, but now uh, you do see it. I am counting teen second basemen who have 20 or more home runs. That is huge, and that is a deep position. It wasn't always that deep. It didn't have that much power. Obviously, you have Brian Dozier at the top, and I think he's overvalued. I have him ranked at number nine, even though he finished fourth in CBS uh, in, in our in our league scoring system. Uh, he only batted he batted 268, which for him was not bad. But I think he will kind of come down or regress a little bit. Uh, but uh, still, you had 200 RBI guys and 13 20 home run guys, uh, and Rugnet Odor is one of the four that had 30 or more home runs. Cano had 39. Uh, we talked about Dozier's 42. And Jed Jerko had 30 for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Rugnet Odor, 33 last year and 14 steals. He's at number five with a bullet. Ian Kinsler, he's been at the top of the position for several years. He's at number six. DJ LeMayhew, who may not get there with the power, but batted 348 and still slugged 495 thanks to 32 doubles and eight triples. The eight leads the guys on this list. And uh, LeMayhew, I have him at number seven. Ben Zobrist, multi-positional there at number eight. Number nine, Brian Dozier, as I mentioned. Number 10, D. Gordon, 30 steals in half a season last year, only 325 at-bats, uh, and only got on base 
three, uh, 30% of the time, and he still had 30 steals. Um, if he improves that on base and plays the whole year, uh, he, he's going to be bumped up uh, towards the middle of that top 10. But I have him at number 10. Neil Walker at 11. Dustin Pedroia at 12. Gene Segura, I have him as overvalued. He was the fifth best in our scoring system last year. Had a solid year, stole 33 bases, hit 20 homers. I think he'll come back to earth a little bit. And he's quali- he qualifies at second, but he's a shortstop. And Seattle uh, now has him. Uh, so um, he'll get you, and, you know, he, he should, really should be ranked with the shortstops. But I have him as the 13th best second baseman. Jonathan Scope for Baltimore had a breakout year last year with batting average anyway, 25 homers as well. He's at number 14. I have him as a sleeper. Logan Forsythe now with the Dodgers. Phillips now with Atlanta in 16th. And uh, Joe Panic of the Giants, 17. Josh Harrison of Pittsburgh at 18. Starlin Castro of the Yankees at 19. Batted 270 last year. Uh, only walked 24 times, but he had 21 homers. And Jed Jerko of the Cardinals at number 20. Uh, so that is my look at, uh, at second baseman. Uh, among shortstops, and we only have about a minute, so we will finish this uh, uh, t- uh, next weekend. Um, 